Rot Row chat says there is no sound. We're good. We got, right. got sound. Okay, Tech there we go. We got sound. Uh, Seth was just asking me about how excited I am about my new current painting project. I guess I'm, I'm a crude. I've, I've been loving it. I've been having a lot of fun painting crude. They are fun. They're, I don't know, kind of making them look feral and stuff. Just having a lot of fun with that. Mm -hmm. Seth, um, you know, we should probably tell people that, it, you know, it's a very important day right now. Can, 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 should is, we just go is. right into this? This is, this is a very, it. very important day. We want to wish our, our good friend Peter the Falcon a happy birthday, man. Ka -ka! Happy, happy birthday, <laughs> Peter. Happy birthday, Peter the Falcon. He is the the stats master, the OG stat dictator guy. He learned yeah. everything and anything. He's the godfather of stats. The God, there we go. The godfather yeah. of stats. So so thank you so much, man. You have done a lot for this community and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to seeing you at LVO. Yes, dude. Totally. Totally. Um, we should also tell people if you're listening to our podcast right now, remember we film live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You get to see our visual, you know, additions to our show and more importantly, you get to jump in and chat and we have a very lively chat tonight. Hi, guys. Uh, we love seeing you. Seth, what have you been up to? Because I know that you were you were pretty busy doing some some I guess. Yeah, so I, I did hobby progress, yeah, but counts, not in the counts. form that you would you would think of. Um, I had a, a very disorganized wow. closet, as you can see on the image to the left. Wow, that's um, that's bad, dude. That if it's guys, real bad, it's real bad kicker. And I, you know, you and I have been talking off air about both <laughs> of us trying to start uh, Votan when it comes out, so that we yeah. can do kind of a, a side by side painting project. Oh, we're doing twinsies. Um, we're doing a twinsies we army. Um, and I was like, man, my hobby room is a disaster i need to organize it um as you can see i had lots of closet space but it wasn't well organized so actually um it on, looks like uh, you have everything Day. for those for the people like listening to our show you basically have closets with shelves but nothing's on the shelves everything's on the floor at the well, no the shelves the are the only those little like side shelves oh that's this it this was like a closet rack designed for like hanging clothes oh not yeah you, you need to put more shelves in there okay okay yeah so i i, I put in shelves brackets and, and mounted shelves so I can store everything very nicely. I still have this disaster pile, which is my my work desk and my airbrush station next to it. Um, I still got to get that sorted out, but I've, I've at least made room. Um, I can now walk in the room, which is a huge improvement. So, Congratulations. That's huge. Um, yeah. So just plugging along there. So oh, I love it. Anyway. You got to wonder why people build, you know, these stupid closets designed to hold, you know, hold like clothing and crap like that, right? Hang you clothing. Know, it's, we still have shelves for miniatures because that's exactly, what we all have, Exactly. Right? I know that this was supposed to be a little bedroom. It's a <laughs> tiny room, by the way. Like, it's like like you're not seeing it very well in the photos there, but this room can't be more than like 10 by 10. Like it's not a big bedroom. Like <laughs> you, you put one of your, your, uh, you put your kid in there kicker and, uh, he's going to be bouncing off the walls yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I got a question for you, man. You clearly have your dedicated hobby space. Does your, does your wife have her hobby space or her own room? That's kind of her sanctuary in the house or is it, you know, cause actually right, right next to mine is the, uh, it, it's technically a guest room. It has a bed in it, but it's really her like nice study, uh, school room that she hangs okay. out in. So cool. Cause yeah. I feel really guilty at our house. I have, you know, a very large room dedicated to the, the hobby. Uh, <laughs> and then I've got like my office at the house and my wife has like the backyard to plant vegetables, but it's like, it's just like not fair. There's clearly not a fair division here at this household. So, uh, I feel really terrible about that. Well, kicker, why don't you, you get us in industry news? Yeah, guys, we should talk about this. This is huge. The Kill Team release Into the Dark is coming up. Uh, you're going to be able to get your miniatures this weekend. So if you pre-ordered them, they are live. You can order them right now. Pick them up on Saturday from your local store. They'll get shipped out on Saturday. Guys, GW was very nice enough to send us uh, an advanced copy of Kill Team. I've been painting it 
nonstop. And I love these miniatures. Can we show some photos? Yeah, there we go. Look at that. First of all, the, the box is ridiculously stuffed with I mean, yes, you, you they always photos stuff those things follow through. But this, because of the the nature, I guess, of this kill team terrain, which is kind of a the, the inner workings of a spaceship or I guess a space Hulk, you have a lot of walls. So each one of those sprues are just like packed with just plastic wall component, I guess. So there's a lot of plastic, I guess, in this box. But when you open it up, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. You've got a, I guess, a, a, a full size sprue and a half sprue for crew, and kind of the same for the the breachers. The crew, what they they surprised, I think they surprised everyone. The crew can be built in multiple ways same with the breachers oh, cool. so the crew yeah you have a tracker model which they showed photos of it's it's the model with like a bird on the gun but that mm -hmm. same tracker model could be built as a stalker model that is like badass like ninja crew i so like there's a lot of ninja. surprises here uh same with um the heavy weapons they showed this one weird like giant heavy weapon thing but you can also build it as a flamethrower style gun i guess so right. there's a lot of fun surprises yeah so there's a lot of options there, there. I, yeah a lot of i like that left. because they um the the orc commandos that came in the old the other uh, kill team box yeah. they basically were like you can put the special weapon or a slugger chopper and yeah. that's it yeah this one you little uh, so like there's i think like half the models have three options like oh, wow you know standard weapon special weapon a special weapon b um it's it's pretty pretty dang cool and they have all the little accessories and stuff a lot of different head options uh it makes the original tau crew just look like crap like honestly you know <laughs> those those are some older models that have been yearning for an upgrade yeah. so i'm looking forward and, to that and so i've got the crew built reachers are next for me uh kill team is something that i'm going to be playing for the next few months getting a hang of this new this new i guess edition and mm -hmm. it so far looks amazing i have my first game tomorrow it's be a learning game with somebody um but I, I will report back next week and i'll try to report back constantly as i, as right. I learn more about kill team let's jump into looking forward to your journey bud yes oh yeah dude, totally i'm still playing 40k don't get me wrong but kill team just you know for a little while um seth we should probably talk that gw has been pushing lord of the rings like crazy i'm wondering if it's yeah. there's a tv show that just you know that's there is crazy. and i've i uh i my attention span for Lord of the Rings ran out at the end of Return of the King. So I never really enjoyed <laughs> the, the Hobbit. Return of the King. That was it. No more done. Yeah, I didn't like the Hobbit stuff, but I've heard good things about the show. Um, War, or was it War for the Ring? Or It's it's Ring of Power. Ring of Power. That's it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I've heard good things about it. So yeah, I mean, definitely a reason for them to kind of push that, yeah. that IP um, if, if more people are interested about it. I have always heard, and maybe Chad can tell me a little bit more, but I have always heard that the best tabletop game that gw produces is lord of the rings yeah i mean the people that play it are fanatical the problem is just there's just very few people i mean even at our larger tournament it's not not that many the, the tables look gorgeous the armies look gorgeous people love the gameplay but there's just not that big of a player base at this point but with new lord of the rings you know coming back on and amazon's making this tv series with amazon pushing it who knows there might be a whole bunch of new excitement yeah. behind it and we can see lord of the rings take off the rules are for free right now or at least the starter rules have been released oh, for cool. by gw yeah so you can kind of you know get a taste for how they play or how the game plays we should also jump on and and, and talk about um, this is kind of like, I guess it, it is news. It's not really product news, but it's, it's interesting. And I want to share this, um, peachy, the, the very famous GW painter. He's, he's been actually with GW for 20 years now. Um, yeah, Pe peachy, the, the, he is no longer going to be with GW. He's decided to, uh, you know, transition and do something different on his own. Um, from my, like, you know, uh, I guess inside scoop from some people. It's it's you know it's it's all's good. Everyone's happy. He's just going off and and, do, and doing his own thing. I think it was cool. it was premeditated. He's like, okay, I'm ready to to try off, try and do my own thing. So Peachy yeah. will no longer be doing good videos for GW. Peachy. 
Uh, Seth, maybe you should go for them. Maybe maybe you be GW's new spokesperson slash painter. Come on, do it, do it, do it. If if uh, if they could, uh oh, uh oh, what, nope. what are you? Get out of here, corn boy. Oh, okay. we got our. So beast. you guys didn't talk about like the coolest part. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. About the <laughs> the corn mutilators, right? What do you think yeah. those guys are? Come on, they're that big. arm looks that they're arm beefy. and chest. Very mutilator esque. It looks pretty um, mutilator esque. If, if someone, if if I haven't looked at the sprues, actually, that's, that was that should do. I should you should go look back at the sprues for the um the obliterators and see kind of how the arm and the chest piece go on Ooh, and see if those pieces kind of match up. Mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes of the oh, yeah, I'm cracking, Sherlock I'm Seth. The Sherlock, Sherlock Seth. the case, guys. <laughs> but no, yeah, they have definitely previewed some of the bits for the new world eaters that are coming sometime in the winter, according oh, to, to GW's so uh, timeline. So look at those heads. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure any news that we have will be quickly broadcast on this <laughs> show by our yeah. lovely tech priest. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, just, keeping, I'm just keeping everyone aware. Just, <laughs> just yeah, just you're not, not going to They're coming. <laughs> These are coming. Well, yeah. So the 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 new uh, the new chaos corn army will come eventually. We know it. Mm-hmm. It's just we got to wait a few more months. But you what be we patient, Dicky. <laughs> but you know what we don't have to wait for because some. Um, Human being, we kind of uh, spilt the milk. No, not spilt the milk. Is that? I'm not. I'm terrible spilled with these the beans. Spilled, spilled the, the beans. beans. There we go. He spilled the beans. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm a, a second generation immigrant. I'm not really good at Americanisms. Somebody spilled the beans on <laughs> on the the new ball. Not an excuse, by the way, but okay. Sorry. Okay. So a <laughs> this was not frontline gaming. This was somebody has spilled the beans on the Voltan Codex. Seth, yep. explain what happened here. Yeah, it's it is, is out there in the wild. Yeah. Uh, sources unknown. Um, but it is out there. If you, uh, if some folks have seen it, um, some folks have had a chance to play games with it. Um, myself, Seth, included. you can say that you've been playing, you saw yep, it and yep. you've got a game. Come on, give, give a little, you know, give your experience on playing a game with the new. So I, I think, um, there are definitely, it's, it's definitely got some cool theme to it. Um, I like a lot of the, the thematic rules that they have going on, but there are some really strong combos. And I know you love your janky combos. Yes. So g- um, g- hashtag jank of the week. This is the the jankiest thing that we found on the internet in terms of how to play 40k. Seth, take it away. Um, there is a uh, a sub like a sub faction, a league called the Emir uh, conglomerate, and they basically have a stratagem that when you fire a beam weapon at a target. Uh, it does mortal wounds when it hits and that beam weapon rules are basically uh, you, you know, you declare that my uh, unit, my land fortress is shooting your predator tank and everything in between that two, those two points gets hit um, unit wise. If you succeed hitting the, the predator. So, and there's also a rule on those, those beams usually that over a certain distance, they get an extra number of hits when they hit. So that two shot beam on, the, on the, the land fortress hits the, the tank in the back on the, in the opponent's army. So that's four hits now, and that's four mortal wounds from their strat. And then everything else in between also gets hit with that. It's like strength, like eight or something like that. Neg three, four damage. And, and to be clear from, cause I have not seen the book. I mean, I know you've seen the leaks. I've seen kind of some of the leaks, but I haven't spent that much time on them. But the beam rule says that you don't even have to roll to hit those other wounds. As long as you hit. Yeah. The, the whatever. Target. Like if I rolled, you know, three dice and got two hits on my target in the back, everything in between takes two hits. 
So that means, yeah, auto hits. So going straight to yeah. wounds, man. Going straight to wounds. Wow. Yeah, and, and there it gets. It, there's 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 a couple different strats to do mortal wounds using beam weapons, and you can use them all at the same time if you wanted. And there's ways to make some of those strats zero CP. Um, so it turns into a lot of damage output really fast. And if you are say I don't know playing like orcs and you kind of rush forward at your target um and you have a bunch of crap piled together and those beams cross that pile of crap you're in big yeah. trouble yeah 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 that's gonna be rough that's that's gonna be rough well the, you know i so it is kind of janky we'll see how it goes you know and, and, and you know somebody leaked the codex so we know people are already out there playing with it um mm -hmm. i i am excited for this new codex i think it's gonna I have am, a unique yeah. play style it, it, it is different right there's only so many minis i mean have you counted how many units are for this first it's not that many. There's, it's like outside like the characters, there's only like five data sheets. You've got no seven data sheets. But it's very you've few, got right? Heavy support. You've got the two elite. You've got troops. You got fast attack, and you got a dedicated transport. Yeah, seven data sheets outside of characters. So what's badass with this Voltan army, right? Is you get to start now, and you know they're going to be adding stuff over the oh, next yeah. year and a half. So it's Definitely. something that you get to continually. You know, you start off with just a, you know start off now, and you get to grow your army over the over mm -hmm. the next few years. Yeah, as new I mean, there's. Really. There's definitely some rules that I think they need to bring back in line. Um, but once we get some of those tweaks back in line, I think there's definitely some really fun builds out there. So um, I, I've, I, I definitely don't think it's it's completely just unsavable, unsalvageable, but it's really strong. So just be, be ready for your short uh, squat overlord standing on their tactical <laughs> rocks for, for a short period while this, this codex comes out, guys. Seth, it looks like the chat's jumping up all and down. I don't know if there's anything interesting. Yep. Are people happy with, with overall the, the, the first, I guess, taste of Voltan? Are people disgusted with it? Are people excited? What, what is the general Depends. feeling? Right if now? you're playing Voltan, you love the idea. <laughs> If uh, if you're playing anything that doesn't like being shot, boy, howdy, uh, you've, have I got news for you. Well, you and I as original Voltamp players. You yeah, know, long, time long time original <laughs> Voltamp players here. All right, guys. Um, so – um, I, I do want to talk about some of the frontline gaming events really fast. If you are going to the Las Vegas team tournament and you are the captain of your team or you purchase the ticket for your team, keep your eyes open for an email. This email is extremely important. This is going to have your tokens so that you can add your uh, your team into BCP. Lists are due this weekend. So look for that email from Frontline Gaming or BCP so that you can get your list in the uh, the pairing software. Also, if you're a bundle ticket captain, you should be getting it. Uh, you should have already gotten an email with your room confirmations. Those those bundle tickets included two rooms. Um, so get your, uh, you know, that way you have your room confirmation numbers and everything there. Uh, and remember, the team captains, they're the ones that are really key for this whole team tournament to they're, work. They're your point of contact. They're your they are the point of contact. Yeah. It's, it's just so that we don't get bombarded with, you know, Every single member of every single team is yeah. showing up at registration. The team captain will get your challenge coins and your your swag, and he'll give it all to the, the yep. players and whatnot. Um, SoCal. Oh, exciting news! Have you decided if you're going to SoCal yet, Seth? Please don't. Um, go I'm still leaving it up in the air. I have some some family issues that um, maybe I'll, I'll talk about later, but. Uh, Right uh, now, I'm, I'm not making any solid plans for the future right now. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Well, there's always a bed or a sofa or a comfortable floor at our Airbnb in San Diego. So, you know, right. <laughs> I, you know, you know, but <laughs> you know, right, right. Well, so last year, it's as long like, as it's uh, not a futon. In my like, mind, futon is code for you should probably just get a hotel. 
if someone's like, hey, I got a futon you can sleep on, that's them saying, you should probably just go get a hotel. So, so last year I was like the, I don't know, I'm the, the shortest guy. I don't know what the deal was, but everyone had a bed except for me. So I slept on the sofa in the Airbnb. It was like very, it, not, it was a very comfortable sofa, but I'm also like half the height of most human beings. So I could fit, it was more of a love seat really. So I could fit pretty, pretty cozily in there. But yeah, hopefully this year I get a real bed. Um, Seth, uh, so two thin coats of paint, that is that is a line of paint being made by Duncan Rhodes via Transatlantic Games, Transatlantis Games. Um, this stuff, <laughs> every every SoCal um, attendees that have Frontline Gaming Challenge coins are going to get a free bottle of this stuff. This stuff nice. is just now showing up. Um, the, the Kickstarter totally sold out. This is yep. the first paint to go to non-Kickstarter backers, yep, I guess. Because I believe Duncan is very adamant about fulfilling his Kickstarters before yes. uh, selling the product yeah. elsewhere. But he's giving us 100 bottles for us to give uh, SoCal Open Challenge Coin uh, holders. So if nice. you come to SoCal Open, you got a Challenge Coin. We've only got 100 bottles, but uh, we want you guys to, to get this paint in your hands. Yep. And um, I guess we should we should just kind of talk about it now. Let's just do it. We have a brand new event that's in the works. Um, yes, it's, it's I'm, I'm just doing the final details of the contract. I've also got some local booths on the ground in that area that are scouting out things for us. Like literally today and tomorrow, they're going in, taking photos, making taking measurements, making sure everything just makes sense for us. But it looks like FL, FLG will be adding an event. This event will be in March. So All you'll right. have, you know, January is LVO, February is Cherokee, March is, I'm not going to tell you yet. And <gasps> then you have May, which is BAO. So uh, so sit tight. I, all I right, all right. We'll I don't want to say wait. anything until we have the, the thing. Seth, why don't we go into the FLGN? Uh, what's happening with the, with the rest of the network? Well, yeah, uh, the FLGN uh, this week, the, the main thing was uh, we had two episodes, uh, one uh, from Chapter Tactics coming out, uh, where they were talking about prepping for the LVTT, uh, which is a great discussion. And then Grim After Dark. Grim actually had a very interesting um, occurrence, okay. um, and, they, and it didn't have anything to do with us, Kicker. Um, oh. they, they had advertised that they, brought, they were bringing in a uh, champion of Nova. Uh, and Nova uh, has many <laughs> events, as you know, Kicker, many, many events. <laughs> and the person they brought on did indeed win two events at Nova. Um, but in chat, uh, one Jack Harpster showed up, who was the uh, winner of the 40K tournament there and was like, I'm on the show. No one told me. Um, but it was it was Evan Van Dyke from uh, Supper Cult of Heroes. Um, and it was a great show. Um, what was what was he the champion of? I'm confused. What did he this won? Guy? I think he won a Titanicus event <laughs> and a Horace Heresy event. I mean, it still counts. It still counts. Yeah, he, was he, won he won two events. Congratulations! Two events at Nova. Uh, that's two for Evan, one for Jack. I'm just Jeez. saying. I'm just saying. Clearly, a more talented human being. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's what's been going on there. So check out that show if you want to see some fun. Um, but let's get into our main segment tonight, Kicker. Yeah, uh, Seth, do you want to in introduce it or you just want me to jump into it? Or? Yeah, jump in, man. So, so guys, we had this uh, wonderful opportunity to talk with Duncan earlier today. Uh, Duncan is in the UK, so he didn't want to stay up till three o'clock in the morning, his time to just talk with us. So we recorded this a few hours ago, um, but this is Duncan Rhodes. Uh, and you know him, you'll love him. Uh, just check this segment out. We'll be coming right back in after after the interview. 
Hey everyone, this is Kicker. We have Duncan Rhodes. This is Duncan Rhodes, the OG Warhammer TV painter, famously known for his two thin coats. Now he has his own very uh, full line of paint products coming, uh, hitting the road, I think, soon. And of course, he has his very popular Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy, uh, which has become very uh, you know successful in the past few years. And now they're coming to the U.S. for the first time ever to come to teach classes at the LVO. Uh, Duncan will also be paint judging at the LVO. I believe he's participating in a game or two. And he's got a really fun seminar lined up for Thursday night. Um, Duncan, you know, man, thank you so much for coming on air. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing? You know, are, are you excited? You've got a lot of things happening right now. Yeah, a lot going on. Yes, thank you. It's great to be here. It's really great to talk to you. Hello to everybody. Um, yeah, we've just been having a, a regular week in the life uh, doing our <laughs> filming. So it's, uh, it's Tuesday uh, time of recording this and it's uh, we're halfway through our week's shoots. Um, so we're at that point now where we're like, oh, I hope we finish in time. We'll yeah. be all right. But you always have <laughs> a feeling every week. So it's nice to be like, oh, So with your painting academy, you're recording every single every single week. It's new content being made. That's wow. right. Yes, we uh, awesome. we film Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday every week, and then Thursday, Friday is our admin days to make sure we're on top of everything and ready for next week. Oh, very cool. Well, before we get into like the you know the the deep meat of the uh, of, of the the interview here we have to ask you a very important question we ask all our guests here on signals from the front line what is your favorite sugary breakfast cereal you will be judged very intensely based off your selection here so so, so choose wisely all right does it have to be cereal <laughs> i mean if you say granola or like grits or, or oatmeal yeah we, we're just gonna have to end this interview immediately come on you got some fun cereals over in the uk what is your favorite oh. breakfast cereal oh well i, I don't i don't really Eat cereals, really. I mean, um, so uh, bran flakes. I used to eat bran flakes. Bran flakes. Bran How about flakes. When, I'm in, when I'm in the states and I really like having that super like crispy bacon? It's not quite yeah. cereal, but it is sweet because I don't know what you do. <laughs> Does that count? Is that okay? You've, you've heard it here for, first, folks. Duncan Rose's favorite brand of sugary breakfast cereal is called bacon. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, I'll have some of that in a bowl. You don't have to worry about that. All right, that's that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> let it slide. We'll let it slide. I mean, I will take bacon over bran flakes. I wasn't sure if the bran flakes was a basing material or or, or what here. So, <laughs> so <laughs> okay. No, um, boring well, cereal. That's all I can think of. I don't really. <laughs> I, I, I am a I am a sugary breakfast cereal connoisseur, so I'm always curious about what what our guest uh, picks are. Um, do, you, do you have frosties over there? Uh, we we do. We have frosties in the and we we call them frosted flakes, but yeah, frosties okay. in the UK. Um, okay. But yeah, it's funny. We have. We have some cereals that are very similar, but they're named totally different from from what you guys have. But uh, yeah, my, my sister <laughs> have frosties every morning, yeah. and um, so she'd have them before school. She never finished them, and the bowl get left because everyone was gone out to school or work, or whatever. And you get yeah, home yeah. in the afternoon, and they'd all gone soggy, <laughs> and the smell lingers in my nostrils to this day. <laughs> and so I can't stand frosties or frosted flakes. Soon as the milk hits them, it's like. Ooh. <laughs> I will not be bringing you any frosties when I see you at the LVO then. Um, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Duncan, I wanted to to have you on here because you've been in the you know the painting world of miniatures for a very very long time. Maybe you can give us a little bit of your insight in the way that painting has evolved over the years in the hobby. I mean, how has it changed? Is painting easier now thanks to like the miniatures being more defined and you know and and, and easier to paint because the miniatures literally are designed to make them easier to paint. There's also new painting tools or, or, or hacks if you want to call like contrast paint and some technical paints. How has the hobby changed for you? I mean, is it is it easier now to become a painter than ever before? Um, 
I think I think it is generally um, to actually do the mechanics of it. You know, I think it's um, a lot easier than it was when I was a kid because when I was little, if you had, if one looks at guides, the guides were all very um, bare bones. You know, it'd be like step one, two, three, four, and yeah, yeah. Be like between three and four, and be like, how has that happened? Yeah, and you'd highlight the red with um, bleach bone. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what's there. You know, there's there's lots of things that are just when you as soon as someone goes, oh, you mix the colours. Ah, oh, okay. Suddenly it all starts to come together, but back at that point, this just wasn't thought about. Yeah. Um, also, the paints weren't um, like they are now, where you have ones that are really pigment dense that are designed yeah. to colour well. So you had to understand tricks. Like if you want to paint something with a bright red, you'd have to do it brown first of all, and then work your way up to that bright red. So you'd have to go through like four colours to get there. Um, so in that respect, certainly. And with the addition of things like um, contrast paints, of course, it's got even easier because it can be you know, a massive way of staining things to get colours quickly. Yeah. Uh, also, washers were quite a big revolution, I think, yeah, uh, because it was inks before that, wasn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I used to use inks, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the thing about inks is that if you get wet again, then they reactivate. So you'd you know put the ink on something to do shading, and then you'd start layering on top of it, and the ink would start moving again. <laughs> So yeah, things like that you forget about, but when you really think back at it, yeah, it was kind of kind of naff dealing with these tools. Um, I think also the uh, the internet's revolutionised things because it's yes. very easy to get you know guides and anything. If you want to paint a given miniature, there's probably somebody on YouTube who has a video on it, um, and uh, you know you, you can. There's loads of websites dedicated to it, to it as well, and people I think have come to terms with. Um, so going back to those step by step guides. Um, if you had a stage where the model looks like a mess, but that is part of the actual process of painting it, um, in a book, a photograph like that can look really bad. So yeah. like, well, we can't have a photo that looks bad. We've got to make the model look good. So <laughs> then yeah. that makes the guide invalid when you think about it. So whilst on the surface level, it's like, yeah, that's great. The actual substance wasn't so much there. So yeah. I think the industry has progressed past that. I think nowadays it's just much more um, real as to yeah. what it's like and what you have to do. Um, on the flip side, because of the internet and social media in particular, um, you have a lot of amazing painters out there and it can be very easy to look at their stuff and then look at your own and go, I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> Demoralizing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've known a lot of people who have been demoralized in that way, especially when it gets worse when they bring their miniatures to the shop and they find that everyone's painting better than them. Um, <laughs> so that's a, I, I really hate that. I really hate yeah. someone feel like they can't join in because they're embarrassed about what they painted. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's as bad as what people, you know, what maybe I might think about that. But, uh, but yeah, that aspect certainly is there with social media. But then I think you get out of a lot of things with social media. <laughs> you had mentioned the paint pigmentation getting, I guess, more dense and stuff. Is that something special with your new paints? Because I know you've got this brand new line of paint you've been rolling out. I think it started on Kickstarter and totally sold out. And it's going to start arriving in the U.S. I think in the next, you know, six months, five months. Um, is that accurate? You've got this yeah. for retail. It's going to be. Um, I don't know exactly when it'll turn up in retail, but it'll be after all the Kickstarter backers have got theirs and okay. the. Um, the we had confirmation from Transatlantic Games, who are the people actually making the paints, you know, with the okay. private license. But um, we, we got heavily involved with the development of it, but all the distribution is them. Um, and all the US ones have like gone out of the building. Yeah. Uh, my understanding of it is so they're on the way. So it'll be soon that everyone will have them. And thank you for everyone for your patience. Um, <laughs> just one thing after another with it. Yeah. But anyway, the um, yeah, the paints are. Um, 
So when we were developing them, we got really heavily into the actual formulation of them and actually learned quite a lot about what's actually in paints and things. And mm -hmm. it's like, wow, stop licking your brushes after you learn all this stuff, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, things like um, getting the coverage is the thing that always used to drive me crazy back in the day using paints like Blood Red and stuff. And even nowadays, there are some paints where um, the way they behave really frustrates me. So um, if you ever tried painting salamanders and, you know, you've got... Um, uh, Warped Tone Glow is their, you know, yeah. main color. It aims at what it does. It's a nice color, but the paint's very thin. So it's things like that that, you know, like there's there's more to it than just the color. There's the actual the way the paint performs. Yeah. And so in our paints, that was a really big thing that we were like heavily cool. involved all the way through. So each one of them had to approve what I'd want it to do. Perfect. Um, so yeah, so they're really fun to use. Everyone who's tried them likes them. So um, I'm glad they're getting out there now, so more and more people. Can and I have heard rumors for those listening right now that will be attending or thinking about attending the LVO. I think that we'll have a bunch of those for demo use at the LVO. So you can go there, show up on Thursday or Friday if you want to before your tournaments, and and go and play with this brand new paint line. So you can see just how good it is. Um, I know Duncan was mentioned to me before the show, and I've talked to one of the guys on the back end about this new paint, and it it does seem going to be really really cool stuff because of this. I I guess high pigment in the way the paint is going to be uh, interacting so it's not just a beautiful color it functions really well too um yeah. duncan I, I we're talking about paint here what's your favorite pink color to use i mean you can use i mean like what's like is there a color that you always go to you've got a brand new arm and you're like you know what i really like this color and it's always good you know how to you know you never get sick of it what is that color um well i suppose so i'm not going to include washes for this Okay. We all okay. About using brown washes, right? I yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for actual yeah. colours, um, for a long time, I found myself using Rakar Flesh. Ah. Um, now, uh, I don't particularly know what this is because it's not necessarily like I look at that colour and go, "Yeah, I yeah. really like that weird sort of brownie cream colour." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just see, I just find it really useful. It's great for things like parchment, ivory, of which, of course, you know, um, and bone, which are going to turn up a lot when you come onto Warhammer miniatures. But also for things that are like historical figures, it's really good canvas colour. So it's just a really useful thing for so many things. Like padding on armour, you know, like medieval armour is great for that sort of thing. Um, it works really well as a basis for a white. So if you're doing a colour scheme that's going to have white in it, it's fantastic for that. And it's a good alternate. So like when I was doing my House Griffith Knights and they're, bone white for the most color if you want to have a variant on that for heraldry then rakarth is just really useful for that. Uh, cool. right now i mentioned it the, uh, the the desk behind me back over there we've been painting corpus today and we've been using rakarth flesh for the skin so i don't know why but i always that's your there you go guys so the duncan Rhodes' favorite paint color is rakarth flesh i love it i love it i was actually just using it yesterday for some dry brushing on the uh, on the base to pull up the, the the dirt to have a little bit more shine so i had a dark 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 brown and one of the the top i guess coat yeah. of the, uh, the uh, yeah that's a great paint do you apply this with your two thin coats oh sorry just to add on that i'm not sure yeah. i'd say it's actually my favorite color Okay. I just seem to use it all the time, so I don't really know. For actual colors, I think I prefer blues, nice deep blues, blues things like nice Cantor's blue. and that sort of thing. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I know, no, 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 no. And Cantor blue. There's a lot of blues. I was looking through the the collection that I have. I, I, I can't fathom that there's that many shades of blue in the world, but apparently there there, there are a lot of shades of blue. Oh, do, yeah. do you, did you, because we're talking about applying the paint to thin coats. That's a term that you're kind of known for. That's, is that, was that one of your, like, was that an original slogan you came up with? Is, is this just your mantra? Do you have this on a tattoo on your forearm? You know, <laughs> where, where did this come from? Somehow, no, I don't. I suppose I will simulate. <laughs> I keep joking. That's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The family crest. You know. yeah. <laughs> um, 
No, it, it was, I think it's because when we started doing the painting videos, um, YouTube was still fairly young at that point and mm-hmm. um, there wasn't really anyone else doing it. So I think, because uh, it's just what you do, isn't it? And yeah. I knew it because I've been taught this sort of stuff in the studio. Um, so it's just, you know, if someone doesn't tell you and you just going to put the paint on and get a horrible finish, it's like, why is that happening? And as soon as you do it as two thick goats, you go, now it looks like what it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and this is true for like every paint. Like if you get some household paint, like some emulsion on a tin, it will say you stir well, applies multiple thin coats. So yeah. um, what I found myself doing in the video was um, in trying to get the tuition across of, all right, so you do this. And it's like going back to those photograph guides I talked about earlier. So you're base coating that bright red for your blood angel. The first coat looks rubbish. And it's like, it's okay. It's, going, it's supposed to look like this. Just apply two thin coats. And the second one, you see when I put that on, it's completely different. That's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's just because you know, right place, right time, which I think yeah. is the story of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think it just stuck because of that. And yeah. so in all the videos, because you had to assume each one was a person's first video, I'd say it in each one. And then people started saying it. So I never thought about it as in, I need a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> one of these, yeah. I always, I've always viewed it as still now, the miniature is the star of the thing. And how do yeah. you paint it? Well, you apply your paint as a multiple thing coats. And People grabbed that and off it went. So awesome. it didn't bother me at all. I think it's um, it's very charming. Um, <laughs> like that people, uh, it shows they like the thing. If you know, fun memes like that are made out of it. It shows that people like it. But it's yeah. also the core message, and it means it's sticking in people's heads. Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I will never forget it. I don't think, I think most people in this hobby that have been in this hobby for any period of time have that phrase, you know, memorized for sure. Um, yeah. So we got two thin coats as I guess a hobby tip. Is there another like tip you want to give people that could really level up their hobby skills? Like if there's something like a quick little, like, you know, Hey, I recommend you do this so that you can paint a little bit better, you know, maybe an easy t- technique may, I mean, yes, two thin coats is definitely one of those. Is there another one that you might recommend that people kind of consider? Yeah. Have a, have a try at, painting something without using a wash on a uh, so for example doing a cloak yeah um try painting that whole cloak without using washers just using cool. different coats of your paint and doing all the shading by manu- uh, manually um same with painting skin try painting it without using washers and you'll find what it causes you to do is to think more about where your shading's actually going to go rather than just you know, i don't want to say cheating over the wash but yeah. it gets you more in tune with the actual shape of the thing you're doing and then as you move to the highlights, you'll see suddenly it has a different quality about it. Um, and you'll start to see it looks like more like box art kind of things. Um, yeah. So it's it takes longer to do, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but doing that, I find, is a bit of a sort of penny drop moment of going, oh, okay, so I can do yeah. painting by doing that sort of thing. I love it, man. I had never heard that tip before, but I'm going to go try that tonight. Yeah, I mean, because we all become so dependent on – the cheat codes, right? The easy button, the wash. <laughs> yeah. And you're right, going back to the foundation and learning, teaching yourself how to become a better painter by slightly taking a little bit more time and, and focusing. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Okay. So what is the most difficult miniature you've ever painted before? I mean, like, is there one miniature that you have nightmares of painting? Oh, um, oh I've got a few answers to this. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the, the most difficult and irritating model I can remember painting was Nobblers for the Ogre Kingdoms. <laughs> yes, yeah, little, little, little goblin yeah. dudes. Yeah, yeah, it's because they they were so soft and it was so difficult to do yeah. the detail on them. And they had so many things on them, and there were so many. And yeah. it was a store job for us to paint them for the store army. And yeah. all of us would be desperately finding anything else to do other than painting these novelists. It's like, oh, the toilet needs cleaning again. Oh, <laughs> it's not sparkling. You know, like anything. Yeah. <laughs> it took weeks for this unit to get painted. Oh. Um, oh. 
So that's a very personal uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in a more uh, professional sense, um, the bigger models are certainly trickier things. I think the um, one of the more difficult ones, um, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, Archeon stands out as simultaneously a very difficult one, but also one that we we're really proud of. Um, because he was such a long-term project. And yeah. I can remember the first time we saw the model in the camera studio, and both Roger and I were there looking at it. And so Roger, the, the chap I work with nowadays, he um, he just slapped me on the shoulder and said, you got to paint that, good luck, and walked off. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I had to, you know, get my, my pen and paper out and go back and try and work out the theory of painting this thing. And yeah, I yeah. Had I could test things, but it was a lot of work to figure all that stuff out and to make it accessible, you know, just using dry brushing and things. And then we did it, and the model looked amazing. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. It's done. That, that was big pressure, that was. <laughs> all right. So we're, we're, we're talking about difficult models. You've, in this in this little interview already, you've mentioned Space Marines a few times, Salamanders and whatnot. Mm. I mean, at the LVO, you're hosting a seminar of how I paint seminar, uh, how I paint Marines. So this is a Thursday night before the event seminar, how I paint Marines with Duncan Rhodes. Do you ever get bored painting Marines? You've painted a lot of Marines. I mean, I, you know, and, and is armor more challenging to paint than say something that's or, or an organic, you know, a, a Marine versus an orc? Um, first of all, are you bored with painting Marines because you've been painting these things for years? And are they actually challenging to paint? Um, I wouldn't say bored. Um, they have so many variations of them. There's always something okay. new with them. Um, I think I found as I've grown, my tastes have gone more towards fantasy and medieval stuff. Um, okay. So I tend not to go for the science fiction armored things these days for my own things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then when they bring that sort of stuff into Space Marines, because there is a crossover, you know, like the Black Templars, that definitely is more. Nice. Yeah. Um, so there's always something new for them. Um, there's always I, I might think oh, I'm fed of a paint Space Marines. I've done so many, so many armies of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really on painting a Blood Angel. And, you know, in a professional sense, it doesn't matter whether I'm bored of painting space marines or not. People want to know how to do that Famous scheme. That's my job. You know, it doesn't matter what I think about it. It's <laughs> really possible. So I Angel, and I was like, oh, actually, these heresy models look really good in Blood Angel colors. Yeah. Some black cool. and gold and stuff like that. I could get down with this. Nice. And then you discover there's a Praetor figure that they've made, which I wasn't aware of. I'd completely missed it when it came out. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And I look over at the Sons of Horus and I'm like, yeah, I really do like that green. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just... It's coming around more space marines so yeah. um, i don't know I, I, they're always doing something new with them we're always trying something new i think i definitely prefer the legion astartes appearance of them to the 40k ah, primaries cool. one um cool. i think it's because i like the more retro feel to it yeah, um fair because enough. that's what i grew up knowing so i think if i was going to do a marine army it would be a heresy one at this stage cool very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, hey, Duncan, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Do you want to maybe tell people where they can find you, learn more about your academy, learn about your upcoming paint? Of course, they'll see you at the LVO. But um, is there anything you want to you know, give us some URLs here or something? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of things, let me think. Uh, so uh, we have our website, I should start with, which is duncanroad.com. Yeah. Please forgive the address being my name. That was Roger's idea. Roger's <laughs> working with for like 10 years you're not egotistical at all <laughs> i find it really surreal i'm wearing a shirt with my name on it <laughs> life's gone very weird but anyway um so yeah this is our membership website um where we have loads of painting videos we've got something like 250 now covering all sorts of subjects techniques um, various skills of course complete models at case studies lots of big models as well so things that are intimidating we tend to specialize in those um you can also find us on youtube at duncan Rhodes painting academy where you can see a bunch of our videos that we put on there we upload every two weeks and we put a, a video like what you see on the website um, and we have an instagram which is at 
Duncan J. Rhodes, yes, that's it, where you can see me posting pictures of random things, or the office dog Gizmo doing something cute. Uh, is <laughs> Roger and Berto's wife, um, they've uh, been buying Gizmo little Hawaiian shirts. We need to see more photos of dogs in Hawaiian shirts. Gizmo's a great name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a private detective in, uh, in Miami, you know, Gizmo. Uh, but uh, as for the paints, um, you can find out information about our paints on our website at dogsandrose.com. We've got a whole section on it. And they're made by Transatlantis Games. If you're interested in more information about it, you can pop over to their site and their contact details are there. Um, and yes, those paints will be appearing in retail in due course after the, those wonderful Kickstarter backers get those, though, for whom I am eternally grateful for making it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Remember, um, if you want to learn from the master himself in person at the LVO, there's still some more tickets left. Just a few, though, uh, for his classes being taught at the LVO this January. Uh, thank you again, Duncan, for coming on. And I can't wait to see you soon. Thanks for having me. See you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks, Duncan, for joining us. We really yeah. appreciate it, man. Uh, chat, any, any questions you have for Kicker, who is there with Duncan virtually? There with Duncan. <laughs> Um, said, why don't you jump into the ITC recap and we'll yeah. read the chat for anything to uh, pop it up. Yeah, right yeah. All right. So um, we're going to go right into the recap for your 40K competitive track this week. Your number one is still the reigning champ, David Gaylard. Number two, Vic VJ. Number three, Manny Chima. Number four, Jack Harpster. And number, uh, no, sorry, number four, Thomas Ogden. And number five, Jack Harpster. Now, that being said, I believe Nova has not gone in yet. And Jack uh, did win Nova. Is that correct, Dickie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, so I, I wanted to we, call we might... out a number 10. We have a Canadian yeah. on, on the board, uh, gentlemen. Uh. Uh, number 10, Sam. Sam's on the board. Yep. And, and what faction does Sam play? Is Blue... it some super overpowered, strong faction, right? No, he plays Blood Angels. Huh? He's, he's a man of conviction. He's sticking <laughs> he's, with he's those, people, uh, those yeah. angels. Yep. Yeah. So great Dedicated. job, Sam. Dedicated. Um, glad to see you, you burning up the charts. Into the hobby track, uh, we have our number one is Jacob Thayer, number two, Aaron Kelman, number three, Lou Rollins, number four, Eric Mullins, number five, Scott Boucher. Sliding on over to the AOS competitive track, our number one is Gavin Grigar, number two, Jeremy Vicier, number three, Anthony Trentinelli, number four, Thomas Guan, and number five, Matt Beasley. And then finally down to the AOS hobby track, our reigning number one, Robert Snyder, Number two, Ricky Fisher. Number three, Matt Beasley. Number four, Jeremy Wilson. And number five, Russ Tanner. And that is your ITC recap for this week. Dude, it's kind of cool to see some 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 characters starting to come out and play. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Gavin, he won the ITC for Age of Sigmar last year, and he, he was did. kind of off the off the you know really on the chart recently uh, until more recently, and now he's number one back back at it. So he's uh, in the running now to win ITC two he's years back ago. at it. Yeah, he's yeah. back at it. Someone's gonna have to try to dethrone him. We got Lou, a longtime 40k hobby track enthusiast. He's he's mm -hmm. up there now. Uh, you know, he's got a beautiful, I believe, um, yeah, uh, Space Marine Army, and then of course Jacob is back up there as well. So nice. Yep, uh, Jacob's back up in the top spot. You know, he's we uh, we already know Jacob's planning his his LVO trip, and he's going to be bringing some behemoth of a display board. So, you know, if you're anyone, if you're anyone on that that like that striking range of trying to catch up to Jacob, you you gotta. You got to be planning your LVO trip because that boy's already planning his. Dude, he's driving from Florida because he needs to bring that battle board, like that display board. Like he has to, yeah, you can't ship that, you know? No. So that, geez, yeah, this is dedication, dedication to the hobby tracker, friend. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what yeah. it takes. So if you if you want to best uh, best the hobby goblins, Jacob, you gotta you gotta bring your A game. So uh, you know, I I mean, to me, that's as much dedication as playing all the competitive yeah. lists and and trying to learn the top of the game um, to to jump up to the top of those competitive tracks. So um, these guys definitely put in the hours and the effort to make that happen. So always glad to see when they turn out. So, chat, do you got any questions for tonight before we wrap this one up? Seth, I'm going to ask you straight up. We were talking about this earlier. We're, we're both working on our, our on our Twinsies League of Altan mm-hmm, Army. That's mm-hmm, that's the yep, game yep. plan. As soon as we get those miniatures, we're going to start building them. What do you think, man? Color wise, you can, can you want to tell the so audience? So I've think? I've been experimenting right. um, in my limited hobby space with doing a um, a predominantly black armor with some gold accents, so um, but I kind of want to do the black with a little bit of purple highlights to it, oh, um, okay. and then I'm going to do some some kind of like lunar basing with purple tufts and crystals and stuff because you know they, they in the all the lore they're they're mining and collecting rare resources so like let's they're defending their mining fields nice 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 i like it well chat find me on facebook hit me a message uh give me ideas for colors where we're trying yeah to he's, out, he's you know. gone through all things don't let him do drab colors chat i <sighs> I, I keep telling him he needs to do vibrant colors. Uh, I, I might have to just go to with what I know, which is just Xander Dust or Death Guard Green and spray and, and, and highlight a little bit up from that. Because I, I like and it. You got to do more than that, bud. I, I, I told Seth, but it looks realistic. It looks like you could actually see it out there in the field. And Seth is like, these are space dwarves. There's nothing <laughs> yeah, these realistic are about space. these. Okay, bud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, uh-oh, uh-oh. We've got Hot Topic. From right. from oh here we go oh there this we go Dicky himself <laughs> um, I think I have this. seen I have seen the teenage mutant ninja Votan um, I think oh, I, honestly like if I didn't I, I told myself I would not paint this army green because obviously my orcs are green yeah and my towels green and then the space marine army that I did as a hobby project a few years back is like a bluish green metallic <laughs> so I was like no green oh. so. But yeah, but somebody has photoshopped uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style League of Altan green and and look, it's got your tan, your 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 muted. It's tan. got both colors I like, like green and tan. And, and you know what? I know it's really weird about this whole thing. It's like Ninja Turtles, they they were my favorite action figures of all time. Like screw Power Rangers, I could care less about Transformers, Ninja Turtles all the way. So I could totally. So, so do maybe it. it's time for the turtle votan but if this was again. not already a thing if somebody had already created this photoshop i totally would have done it but now well, I feel like no now you got to do it for real i got to do it for real well i mean it's someone else's idea i can't like just take someone else i don't know yeah well chad is saying that space miners would have bright colors so if they were floating in the void they could be easily found that that makes that makes sense that that does make sense thank you chad thank you chad seth do you mm-hmm. want to take us out for the night Yep. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am going to be away for a few weeks, folks. I have some family matters I need to attend to. Um, so you won't be seeing me for a few weeks. You'll be stuck with uh, Just Kicker and whoever he can drag into the co-host <laughs> chair. Um, probably the tech priest, but also probably the serval. Um, yeah. I believe we'll be seeing a bit of him. So uh, final thoughts for the night, Kicker? No, I just want to say uh, thanks again to Duncan. It was really awesome having mm-hmm. him on uh, on and uh, spending some time with us. Guys, can't wait to see you at the next event. It's only a few weeks away. Las Vegas teams in September. All yep. right. So thank you so much for joining us. We truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline. Have a great week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Good night.